Welcome to the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Latimito Jr. and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Before we start the show, just reminding our iTunes users, um, can we please, please, please get this review on iTunes for the show? If you enjoy us and you love us, the best rate to show that is to leave us a review. Um, all you got to do is go on to iTunes, search our podcast. In the middle of that, in the middle of the podcast, you can see the review bar. Make sure you click that review bar. Give us that five stars. Leave us something sweet and nice to to read upon and thank you guys for. It. And that's pretty much it. It's pretty much simple, basic, some easy, something that you guys can get used to. So make sure if you already listen to the show, you love our show, leave a review. That helps us so much in the future to get better guests and to get better exposure. So make sure you do that for us. And with that said, let's start the show. Emilio, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good, man. We are here in February. Happy Black History Month, African American Month, whatever whatever flavor you want to use to say it. But uh, always a special month to us because, you know, it's 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 the one that it's the month that we have. And um, it's actually funny. Um, Proud family, <laughs> proud family. Back in the day when we were uh, Disney Channel, I don't think none of us were woke yet. But, you know, you know how they always you know, slap in those things where if you're not a if you're not a if you're not an adult, it flies past your head. So um the the dad and, and the dad and proud family apparently there's a segment where um he's wearing you know a a, a daishiki and he says you know um, happy February happy Black History Month you know the shortest month of the year and I was like I, I saw a meme about that and I was like dang I didn't know they were they were that real back in the day <laughs> oh yeah that's crazy I I probably wouldn't have caught that myself. <laughs> but yeah, I saw the meme online and people were spreading around Twitter. I'm just like, wow, that's that's incredible. And I mean, you know, you know, it's it's sad but true. But you know, like everything else, we rise above it. We rise above it, and we do what we got to do. Yeah, it's it's super vital um, to take time to learn even more about our history. I know um, in schooling, it's not really a, a focus because you know it, there's other parts of the curriculum that. Uh, people deem as more important, but um, we need to, you know, dive into our history a little bit more. And, and Black History Month um, gives an opportunity to do so. Uh, and then, even when it's over, uh, who's to say that you should stop uh, looking into your history, uh, looking into what you deem important? Um, it's just a good uh, refresher, kind of like every year, just to be like, oh, you know, let me let me go in and. Um, looking a little bit more uh deeply into into the history of of our people so um i think it's still you know super important to the culture exactly man and uh, my only message during black history month is there's there's so much more than martin luther king jr malcolm x not to take any away from those guys because they're great phenomenal pioneers in the community but there's so much more i mean you know when when we were when i was younger we had to do black history you know black history month reports like every time it came around everyone is like mlk malcolm x is hardly anyone i know i had a, a stretch out of ones to do george washington carver the man who invented peanut butter and a lot of other great things but you know they're not highlighted as much because it's just the mlk and malcolm x but there's so much more to history than just those two key figures and that's why i really want most people to get out of black history month like you know let's let's expand it let's go and 
put highlight other people in history that don't get their dues and let's make them more of the everyday conversation because you know there's a lot of great people who've done a lot of great things that don't get the shine for sure for sure and i and i believe this is a great segment just to um uh that's a good segue, I should say, to to talk about our guest today, Miss um, Regine Bellinger. Uh, she's doing amazing things in her community. Um, she's a youth youth advocate and also, you know, a professional dancer. Um, and you can see that she's going to take her her uh, company, Concrete Jungle, um, and explain to you guys how she started it and what kind of impact it's having in in her in her city. Uh, she's from New York. Um, and she explains, you know, the struggle of getting her dream off the ground. But uh, once she got a little bit of support, she kept moving, put her whole life savings into it. And she's had a, a couple sold out shows from that. Uh, so it's an amazing guest to really get you motivated, really get you out there and um, start your hustle, man. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, she she basically embodies what Educate Us is about. I mean, you have a woman here who who put put it all on the line, you know, put her home on the line, put her dreams and made so many sacrifices for her own business and her own success. And just for other people, you know, it's really selfless, too, because she talks about how she likes to give back to the community and to the kids and how she encourages them to be just more than what society tells them they can be. You know, society tells all the little young black youth, you got to be a rapper, you got to be an athlete. But you know, we're not always encouraged to be doctors, lawyers, politicians, you know, all these other great professions that are kind of not shadowed. And she really goes out of her way to let people know that you can be those things and you should be those things because, you know, not everyone can be an athlete. Not everyone can be a musician. You know, out of all the people that want to be, only a few make it. So you got to have your sight set somewhere else and become something better than what you or sorry, you allow television society to envision for you. So it's a powerful interview. It's a great interview. She really goes in depth. She brings that New York flavor, that 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 New York grittiness and toughness. <laughs> but it's all full of love and hope. And her story is phenomenal. It was really such a great, 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 great person to sit down and interview with. And I think, honestly, I don't think we could have had a better guest to start off Black History Month, to be honest with you. So I think she really comes in and she delivers and brings it home. And I mean, I might be, you know, might be a little bit too hard to say, but I can't wait to they honor Miss Regine in some Black History Month and down the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, she's a super big dreamer, so I wouldn't even be surprised if one day, you know, she got some kind of honor. Uh, she got some kind of huge show whether it be on like the biggest stage possible uh, that she's allowed to perform on. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's going to get some kind of big kind of honor in the future. So I'm excited for that. Exactly. And, you know, as we always say, we just hope that when she makes it big, she don't forget about educated hustle, man. But you know what? Enough of me and my co-host gushing about this phenomenal woman. It's time you listen to this phenomenal moon. So without any further ado, I introduce to you Miss Regine. All right, and today we have Miss Regine Bellinger. She is a youth advocate, professional dancer, and the producer and founder of Concrete Jungle. Regine, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. I just wanted to, you know, jump right into it and you know, kind of explain to our listeners, you know, what exactly is Concrete Jungle? Concrete Jungle. Well, shortly, I'll just tell you what that is. Concrete Jungle is basically a safe space 
for artists such as choreographers and dancers to present their work and also grow as an artist in New York City without the mainstream hand, the mainstream hands, uh, industry hands. You can basically do it underground and independent. Wow. And, you know, I think the cool part about that is you said safe space, like being a founder of that, it must mean that you really put a lot of dot and making Concrete Jungle what it is. Could you kind of just explain like what makes it so special and near and dear to your heart? Well, I remember a choreographer that I look up to, I admire many, uh, Camille A. Brown. She basically said, when you don't start to see work for yourself, you got to create your own. So I say, you know what? I'm going to be that person that's going to do that. I'm going to make that safe space for myself. I say, you know what? Why not bring along people? You know what I'm saying? So that's basically what I did. And I didn't see a lot of opportunities for myself because maybe I don't fit that criteria of being tall or being extremely skinny or being light skinned. You know what I'm saying? So especially in the industry where I feel like I I could be easily chopped. I could be the chop queen. I mean, that's going to happen in dance regardless. But as I feel like there needs to be a safe space, especially for dancers and choreographers that want to present their work, want dancers that want to get their feet work at their feet wet as a choreographer. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm pushing so hard for this. I get, let me tell you a little story real quick. I get dancers who've never, ever choreographed in their life. And they're like, I want to showcase my work at your show. I want to try. I want to challenge myself. And I'm like, you know what? That's beautiful. You can do it. Here, there's a slot open for you. And, you know, we get sold out seats, sold out shows and everything. And they perform in front of 200 plus people. And that's what I love to see. I love to see dancers grow and challenge themselves and take on new tasks. That's what Concrete Jungle is about. Represents New York City. Represents who we are. We're always taking risks. Always, you know, uh, climbing that mountain, climbing that ladder. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what Concrete Jungle is. It's a safe space for artists, and I push for that because I didn't see that for myself, and I wanted to make that my reality. Woo! I mean, dang, like. There's so much to that answer. <laughs> you know, the sounds got crazy because we couldn't keep up with all the gems that you delivered. But I mean, that's incredible, and I, I'm I'm really glad to see that you know someone like you took it into their own hands to make that safe space and make it a reality. That's inspiring. Yes, and it's needed. I feel like it's needed not only in dance but in all fields, especially I- with this new presidency um that we got going on. We entering a different era right now. Um, you know, it's a whole new generation a whole new presidency and a lot of people are going to feel this oppression and that's what it will be it will be oppression uh i you know a lot of people are already feeling it with the whole muslim ban um how does that make you feel how can you worship allah and not really be judged by the majority in this country you know what i'm saying So people are feeling that and we need that safe space where people can express themselves in the best way that they know how. I was once telling somebody, sometimes you can't just express yourself through words. Sometimes you just got to express yourself through movement and concrete jungle allows you to do that. Express yourself in um, the best way that you know how, which is dance. And we are here for that. We have open arms for that. 
And I wanted to uh, to talk to you about maybe like how that started up. So you had the vision um, to get Concrete Jungle off the ground because you felt like there was a need for it. So talk to me about like, you know, the beginning stages. How did it get mobilized? Were there times where you felt like it wasn't going to go in the direction that you saw it going? Like, just tell me a, a little bit about the beginning stages. Woo! Question, wow. Right? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just, I got to really give it 100% now. So, wow. When I first started, I'm not going to lie, I started with, like, um, a table, I would say, of six people. I ended up with probably, like, two um, people that wanted to help, I asked to help me. Six okay. people went down to two, then went down to one. Then, um, I went back up to another two. Um, and it was hard because I was just like, damn, nobody really wants to help me. Nobody really takes, you know, dance theater seriously or whatever. Uh, Shayna actually is one of like the, <laughs> The, 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 I guess you would say the seniors, because she's been around when it started. Like, she was one of the first people I asked. So, um, it, when we first did our first season, which was in January, wow, we did it at the Wild Cafe. And this is no shade to the Wild Cafe. Um, Wild Cafe is very tiny. Um, I had five acts. Each act, no lie, had about 15 dancers. So let's say, um, what's a bar that you're familiar with? Name one bar that you're uh, familiar with. Any, like anywhere? Any bar. Just a bar. Uh, anywhere. Just like a food spot? Because I think of like Buffalo Wild Wings. That's the first like, one that comes like to me. Like a bar bar. The, which, lo- which location? <laughs> we'll, say the, we'll say the one in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one okay, well, it might be small. The point is, it was so damn small. Imagine everybody standing next to each other, sitting on the ground, legs spread out, and you got dancers coming in doing West African, doing um cartwheels, doing uh salsa, rumba, all of this other stuff. 15 dancers on a tiny, small ooh, floor. That's that's ooh, smaller yes. than the, the 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 usual New York apartments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. That's like you doing it oh, in a man. brownstone, man. I was just like, what the heck? Like it was so tight. And then the dressing room, you can forget about it. People were standing, leaning on each other, doing makeup, uh, squinting in the mirrors. It was really like, you know, but the best thing that came out of that, even though it was such a, a shoebox of a theater. The best thing that came out of that was that we had like over a wow. hundred people show up each night, and um, it was sold out. The crowd was wild, even though they were standing and probably sweating in the middle of the winter. Um, you know, it's like the crowd was so supportive, and um, I didn't make a lot of money that night. I won't lie. That's that's another down. That was one of the downfalls. Mm. Although. A lot of people showed up. I sold out for that venue. Uh, I did not make a lot of money at all. I was like, wow. I said, I low-key kind of don't want to do this anymore because it's pulling money from out of my pockets. Um, You know, I'm going to get personal. I sacrificed my apartment for a concrete jungle. Uh, I had to move out. 
I had to move out because I couldn't pay the rent no more because most of my money went into my first season. And I just got done paying the rest of um, the money I owed to my old, old apartment from last year. That's how much money went into Concrete Jungle. That's how much dedication went into Concrete Jungle. I was on food stamps. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my job, right after Concrete Jungle, my job cut my hours. And then after that, they got rid of me. So, you know, it was hard. It was very hard. I, I was really thinking that I don't want to do it again. I'm not kidding, y'all. I was like, I don't want to do this no more. I said it took a lot of money out of me. I, I lost my apartment, my first ever apartment. I cried my eyes out because I worked so hard to get to that apartment. I went from homelessness and everything to get to that apartment. And I really lost it. And I said, is Concrete Jungle worth it? Okay, so we'll come right back around. People was like, when you doing Concrete Jungle again? When you doing Concrete Jungle again? I was like, what is wrong with y'all? Yo, y'all don't know what I went through, yo. I said, <laughs> although it was a success, although people were, you know, it was a straight success, I lost a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I was like, I don't know if I want to put more money into this show because, you know, I might just lose something else. I know I could get carried away with a dream sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I said, I don't know. But people really kept asking. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do it again. I said, but this time I'm going to do it different. I said, I'm going to get people that already have acts and stuff like that where I don't have to keep paying for rehearsals. Um, and believe it or not, I swear there's a light at the end of the tunnel. People was just asking me to present their work. It was at one point, season one, I had to ask people and people were dropping like flies. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. This year around, I had 10 acts. People hit me up saying, I want to present my work. And that must have been great like, to hear yeah. you, to hear like um, that. Uh, that must have been great to hear, you know, you've been through all this struggle, all this pain. And to hear that people really wanted another um, act from you. Like that must have been that must have been a great feeling. Yes, it was. It was it was an amazing feeling. And at first I was like, man, that's just one person, though. You know what I'm saying? But then yeah. it was like a lot. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of people that believed in the vision. And um I'll move along to season two because that was literally two weeks ago. Um, and but wait, before you do that, um, can uh -huh. you explain exactly, you know, what it means to, from, to do season one, season two? Is that like uh, dance terminology or uh, just for people who don't understand that? Oh, so I, in Concrete Jungle, we just call our choreographer showcase, which is a collective of choreographers from all over New York City and the tri-state area uh, to present their work. So our season one was just season one. Uh, and we just call it season one. Season okay. one, season two, season three, season four. So right gotcha. now we're up to season two, which is our second time doing the choreographer show showcase. We just finished it. So mm -hmm. our next showcase will be season three. So gotcha. we just keep going up and up. Yeah, it's, that's just what we call it. But uh, season two, which passed, it was January 14th. Um, it was sold out. Sold out again. And that's how I knew I was doing something right. I said, this is needed. This is definitely needed because people that I didn't think choreographed or people that have never choreographed before, they're just dancers, um, choreographed and really 
gave their all and broke through that barrier of like, I'm a dancer versus I'm a choreographer. Uh, a lot of people don't know the difference. They're like, oh, dance and choreographer, same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the same thing. To be a dancer, that's like being a student to becoming a teacher. Hmm. So when you're a dancer, you're basically kind of the student. You do, you know, you're doing your work. You're a, dan- you're a dancer. You get booked for certain j- um, jobs and stuff like that. But to be a choreographer, that's serious. It sounds that like a people... player and a head coach type thing. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. So imagine dancers that performed last year in season one hitting me up saying, Regine, I want to present my work. And I'm like, what? I was like, okay. I was like, yes, I'm for it. I'm here for that. Okay. I said, do it. And the, some of them, it was their first time. Some of them, it wasn't, you know? And I'm so proud of them. I really am. To come out of, to break out of that shell, to come out of that, that is really beautiful. And that's called growth. And I said, I'm so glad that this exists because people do need this. They need this in New York City. We need it. You look outside in New York City, people are protesting. People are angry. And this is what we need, a safe space. Yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely glad that you're able to provide it, and it, it sounds like you're doing a phenomenal job, and I know here we at Educate so we're already fans, but kind of want to take it to a different angle now. Um, so everyone in, you know, everyone in their mind has an idea of the, the, the dance scene and dances themselves, but sometimes it isn't always, you know, positive and, and heartlifting. I know dancers face certain stigmas, and I'm sure in your experience as a dancer and even, you know, just going through Concrete Dungle, you have plenty of um, experience on, like, what those stigmas are. So you just kind of want to ask, like, what are they and how do you kind of get around them and ra- rise above them? Some of the stigmas is... um. Basically, you got to have a certain physique, a certain shape, or you have to look a certain way. Uh, me, I'm not fat, and I'm also not super skinny. I'm what they would probably call slim thick, I guess. Um, I'm not super toned, as as I would like to be. Um, and most of the time, when it comes to dance in the industry, they're looking for, you know what I'm saying, like that super toned, uh, lean probably tall, probably five, five is like the shortest or something like that. Um, uh, lighter skin sometimes and I'm dark, I'm brown skin. Um, so that is one stigma. Uh, another stigma is dance styles. Most of the time, nobody cares that you, you know, you can do dances, dance styles. That's, Sometimes I would say street styles. I mean, people care that you do West African. People care that you do Vogue or people care that you do hip hop or whatever. But it has to be a certain kind of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It has to be like, I guess they call street jazz, but commercial dance. So that's another stigma. Uh, You got to know certain things like that. If you can't pick up choreography, that's like, you know, you're chopped. And in the, in the dance scene, chop mm. means like you're done for. Like you're mm-hmm. not somebody we're looking for. Thanks. Thanks for coming. You know, have a safe trip home. Other than that, you know, that that's one thing. Another thing with the stigma is women. Huh. I feel like in anything in this country, when, when it comes to women, 
It's harder for us sometimes. Because so many women dance, it's more competition for us in this country. I'm not sure about Europe. But because in this country, so, so many of us dance, it's so hard for us to get parts. Men, it's hard, but it's not as hard as we have it. I feel like men are always needed. Men are always needed in gigs, whereas women, it's like, oh, women mm. come and go. You know what I'm saying? You could get another mm. woman. Whereas men, is like, oh, my God, man, he dropped. We got to find another one just like him. You know? And sometimes that's like a needle in a haystack. So uh, that's one of the stigmas. And, and what I face as a woman and also as a black woman and um, a short woman and also, you know, brown skin, those are the stigmas that I face, especially in the dance industry. And it's, it's really crucial. It could be crucial. And that's crazy that, you know, you never would think that dancers have so much to overcome. It looks so fun. It looks so effortless when people do it that right. I didn't, you know, I never really would have known all the different things that went on behind closed doors. So that's crazy for you to explain that. Yeah. I've even had, you know, um, some choreographers straight up come to me. I don't know how inappropriate this may sound, but straight up come up to me and call me a mammy. Like some mm. type of menstrual, you know, character. Mm. Men- you know, the menstrual show. Where you had the Piccaninny and the Sambo and all these things, they would straight up call me something like that because I'm uh, black. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's it can be really rough. The shade and shade, as in the LGBTQ community, Vogue community, shade is like you know, you're basically being petty or you're 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 basically side eyeing someone or being subliminal with someone that's what it means so the shade in the dance community when it comes to being black or black woman it could be really hard Mm -hmm. it can be i get you i i mean i wanted to know a little bit more um about you know your getting into choreography like how does one you know go from that next level from okay i'm a dancer and now i'm gonna be a choreographer how does that progression take place I had ideas in my mind that I felt nobody was doing. Okay. And most of the time, we really, we what what does your mom say? If you want mm-hmm. something done, you yep. got to do it yourself, right? That's true. So, like I said, I want to see certain things on stage that is not being presented on stage. I want to be in a company that does this, but they don't really do it like that. I want to be in a company that does exactly the way I wanted to do. And they do do that, but it's almost impossible for me to get into that company because they already have their select members that's been there for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like, that's when I said, I want to start choreographing things on my own, even though I may not be the most um, experienced uh I guess, choreographer or even dancer, I feel like I am more experienced than most, but I feel like there's a certain stepping stone you got to go through, you know what I'm saying? But I just said, you know what? F it. I need to see this. I need to see police brutality in dance. I need Mm -hmm. to see it because I feel like it's not out there. I feel like nobody's talking about it. And I feel like people were talking about it, but, you know, it's like one person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to dance, people think dance is butterflies and cupcakes and lollipops and, you know, and food, like, come on, we got to really express ourselves, man. Like, 
I did Zombies last year. It was season one. And I used the Fela Kuti song, Zombie, yo, Zombie, that one. And mm-hmm. um, I had a white cop and a girl come out. And that was the year Sandra Bland. And we had a whole police brutality situation with zombies recording them around them, screaming out, world star, world star. And people was like, whoa, that was phenomenal. I'm not looking for you to tell me that it's phenomenal, but I want you to understand that black lives matter through dance. Right. Black women's lives matter. Black children's lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black men's lives lives matter. Like, you know, I want y'all to understand that. And that's why I said I felt like no dance company was really doing it. Yeah. They wasn't really showing that, so I and said. And that's crazy because I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's powerful that you're using your, you, you know, your your blessing, your art form to tell such a powerful story and bring it to a medium to where people don't expect it, and it might help them resonate, you know, resonate home more to what they're used to. And I think one of the powerful things you said in that is how you you know you have this mentoring aspect where you want to help bring people together and make them better and i think that definitely ties into you being a youth advocate and i just kind of want to know like how are you how are you mm-hmm. how are you balancing concrete jungle and being a youth advocate like w- what do you do for the youth that enables you to really bring them up and let them know hey there's more out there than what you currently know Ooh. i know a load of questions all around i felt like the sweat <laughs> i feel like the sweat just rolled off my forehead i don't know swing it <laughs> Because I deal with that every day. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, like, uh, I'd be thinking sometimes, like, damn, I wish I worked in the LES, the Lower East Side. Because I'd be thinking to myself, and I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like maybe those kids don't have a lot of issues with where the kids where I work at. They got a lot of issues. So, you know, um, and that goes into Concrete Jungle. Uh, It can be stressful sometimes, mentoring, like I said, but also it's empowering. Uh, I let them know all the time that there's other options out there besides basketball, besides um, being a hairstylist. I'm not saying that none of that is popping. I'm not saying that because obviously, you know, dancing is one of the ones that they be like, I want to be a dancer, Miss Regine. I want to be a dancer. I'm like, yes, you can do that too, but make sure you get your education too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because God forbid you break an angle. God forbid something happens. I don't know what you got to back you up. That's true. And I'm and not somebody to sit here and say, oh, if you don't chase your, your dreams, it's nothing. Like, no. You know, I'm just saying, listen, you can still chase your dreams just like I'm doing. I'm a professional dancer on the side, but I'm also a youth advocate. And I know that this also brings in stable income, but it's something that I love to do. I love being here with you. And I want, like, young kids to understand that. There's more to their, to, um, there's more to the career field and uh, education field than you think there is. You know, you don't have to just be, oh, I'm going to just just get drafted. You know how many times I hear kids say, I'm going to get drafted? That's and that's all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to get drafted. What makes you think that you're the only one yeah, thinking about out this, there that yeah. could ball? And the chances are so slim. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, to get into any sport, it's real Those slim. The TV shows make it look easy, but it's, it's, it's heartbreaking what you got to go through. Right. And I tell them every day, I'm like, yo, man, you know, you got, you're going to face a lot of different stuff, a lot of different obstacles, man. 
besides basketball, man, you're going to face a lot of different obstacles. You a young black man and you a young black girl. There's different obstacles that you're going to face and I need you to be ready. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention in class. Because this matters right now. I know. what. Oh, I don't want to do percentages. But how are you going to count that money, honey? That's true. <laughs> Very true. That's basic, but that's true. I mean, I feel like um, when you're working with the youth and, you know, they, they seeing what you do, you dancing, and they're seeing what, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, our leaders in society are doing is, is playing ball, playing football and stuff like that. Um, I definitely like the fact that you're encouraging, like, to go other avenues as well, because I think that's what we need in in, uh, in the black community is just they like black youth need to see that we're we're also in other fields. We're, we're also in accounting. Yeah. You know, we're we're being doctors. We're being lawyers. You know what I'm saying? We're Absolutely. All, yeah, we're doing you know politics and all that. We we gotta we gotta we gotta spread our talent into all these fields and. and we're dominating entertainment, but let's dominate something else, you know? Exactly. And this is what I've, I'm saying. And, you know, I know sometimes it falls on deaf ears when I speak sure. this because where I work, I work in Southside, uh, Southside Jamaica, Queens. I'm from there. So, you know, uh, I look around, it's a bunch of abandoned buildings, houses. And I'm like, man, you know, if I had a couple of racks, I'd definitely buy up one of these things because guess what happens? A lot of us, we walk by it every day. Don't think nothing of it. My neighborhood is so ugly. Come years later, somebody who is not black opens up a coffee shop. And then other people start to come in. Then guess what? You start to get pushed out. Mm-hmm. Now what? That's called gentrification. Yep, get out of my head. What you, want to, what you want to do, and I'm telling the youth that, what you want to do is fix up your neighborhood. That's what you want to do. Focus on that. Trust me. I've watched Bed-Stuy go from, I don't know, Bed-Stuy to now Bedford-Stuyvesant. <laughs> and I know that that's what it's originally called. You know what I'm saying? But, like, we was calling it Bed-Stuy, but it's like Bedford-Stuyvesant. Right. Williamsburg. East Williamsburg. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. All these neighborhoods change so much because we don't, you know what I'm saying? We don't think ahead. We don't think about the neighborhood that we live in right now. I just want to get out. Of course, I felt the same way too. I wanted to just get out. But now I'm looking and I'm like, Dad, you know, if I had a couple of racks or if when I was younger, when I had like $1,000 that I blew drinking, going to the clubs and stuff like that, I could probably have, you know, got with a couple of friends and bought up this little property right here and had like a little a beauty salon or something. Like these are things that I teach them. And, you know, to think outside the box, start to think about your future, how you're going to make money, how you're going to uh, be happy, of course, how you're going to be healthy. Yeah. Things like that. All, yeah. These are all powerful. And I, I believe that um, you're you're definitely going to get through to, to, you know, the people who want to listen. And I think that's that's what's powerful in, in working with the youth. It's like you want to help so many people, but. Um, at the at the end of the day, it's gonna be like maybe one or two people um, yeah. that's really gonna take your message and run with it. And and without you, they wouldn't have been there. So you know, that's a start. I know you're doing something yeah, powerful. That's a start. That's all you yeah. can ask for. Someone listening. That's the best thing. Right. I'm glad if that person does listen and they, you know, really do 
take away from not just me, but other mentors that I work with, uh, take away from what we're saying and how we care about them. Okay. Well, one thing I wanted to ask, I mean, you know, to get back on the concrete jungle, you said you have your seasons, like how can, when can people expect the next show? Like what, do you have the details of that yet or? Hi, well, we got a bunch of stuff <laughs> coming up. Uh, we're working on like a performance workshop and I feel like that's so important to dancers for certain cues and tips or when you're performing on stage, it's so, such a difference compared to when you're in a classroom, you know? So, um, we got that coming up, uh, possibly in April or next month. We're still debating when we should do that. Uh, a couple of concrete jungle dancers are performing coming up Saturday on the 4th in Harlem. Uh, I believe it's the youth carnival. I can find it for you. Uh, but other than that, our next season, the choreographer showcase, which is the big show that's always constantly sold out. Um, that is possibly January again. Uh, we're thinking to do January again. We always usually do January once a year. So we had that showcase in 2015 was our first show. Our second show, 26, no, 2016 was our first show. Sorry. And now 2017 was our second show. So 2018 will be our third big, big show. That's the big show. That's like the night run and everything. That's a whole big spectacular that we put together. But throughout the year, we do have a bunch of shows that you can go to Concrete Jungle Productions in Facebook. Type it in. Concrete Jungle, C-O-N-K-R-E-T-E, Jungle Productions. And you will find us. And we are always posting up workshops and classes. That's mainly what we are doing as of right now. Showcases are mostly in the summer. All right. Well, that's thorough. That's yep. knowledgeable. And I mean, shoot, you've been a blessing. I think you've definitely changed our minds and just enlightened us on what you do and what you bring to the field. I mean, Concrete Jungle is amazing. You as a person are amazing. Like, we're, we're such big advocates that, you know, someone out there with the head on straight is advocating to you for shown on the right way so we're we're, we're very impressed right. by it and we're, we're glad to have you on but you know i think it's time that we hit you with the famous educate hustle two piece um basically okay. it's two final questions and they're easy well the first one is at least uh -huh. the first one is how can the people reach you okay so um again they can reach me personally regine at regine r-e-g-i-n-e -E, dot bellinger B-E-L-L-I-N-G-E-R at gmail.com. Also, they can go on Facebook and type in Concrete Jungle, C-O-N-K-R-E-T-E, -E, Jungle Productions, and you will find our page in Facebook. Boom. Uh, rewind again, engraved in your memory. We expect to see you guys like that page and definitely, definitely, definitely help support our amazing guests here today. And the last question, easy, hard, yes. up to you really. What are some parting words that you would leave to our audience today? Parting words. Yeah, no pressure, just your last words of the podcast. I would like to say it's like a jungle out here sometimes it makes me feel like I'm Go, keep them going under. Keep them going under. There you go. It's like a jungle sometimes. <laughs> I swear. It is like a jungle sometimes, you. but concrete jungle, you know, productions, that's basically what I'm saying. It's like a jungle sometimes. And 
Don't go there under. There you go. Don't go there under. Go Don't under. go under. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go with the old school. I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, wow. Ms. Bellinger, you've been you've been enlightening to us. You, we, we definitely appreciate you stopping by and just sharing your story. And it's an amazing story. And I'm sure our audience, they can't say, but we'll say it for them. Like, just so great to have you on. Keep on doing what you're doing. We're definitely going to support. We, we, you know, we might have to bring you back later on to get the update and say you helped save the world. Hey. Later, you know, so. <laughs> yes, I'm with it. I'm definitely with it. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, Shayna, you know, for putting me on. The plug. I really appreciate it. Yes. The plug. I appreciate y'all so much. This was so much fun. Um, yeah. That's I mean, people could find me, like I said, through Gmail and Facebook Concrete Jungle Productions. Yes. Oh yeah. And they will. And once again, thank you. And there you have it, folks. Miss Regine Bellinger giving us that taste of New York City with the concrete jungle. Emilio, how you feel, man? Man, I feel great. It's, it's it's always refreshing just to hear new guests every week. And, you know, Miss Bellinger brought that passion. She brought that heat. Like, you, you get the sense that Concrete Jungle is her baby. And the best part about it is she's willing to share that baby with the people who need it the most. The, the under the underutilized, the underprivileged people who don't have those opportunities. She's willing to showcase them and put herself on the line for it. I mean, can you imagine? She lost her apartment for her, for her hustle. Like, she lost it. And she still keep going and, and doing more with it. Like that, that's that's what we that's what we basically symbolize it. You know, that's what we kind of symbolize in everything we do. Where if you have this passion, you have this dream, go out on the limb and go for it. And you know what? It may be some hard times, but like she said, the light is at the end of the tunnel. And I mean, just phenomenal. Like I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm amped up. I'm ringing the bell. I'm ringing the bell. We need more more of her on these shows because I mean that's just a powerful testimony that I'm sure the people. Are like, whoa! I'm so glad I heard that. Like, I'm sure your morning commute, your afternoon commute, shoot, listening on the couch because you should be doing something else. Just got a whole lot better when she dropped them bombs on you. So I think, uh, I think she did a great job. Yeah, man, I I agree. Uh, I was thinking about that too, man. Just imagining her putting her life savings into this business and becoming homeless at one point to to see this through, but. All she needed was somebody to just tell her, like, hey, you're doing a good job. Keep it going. And um, that translated into a couple uh, sold-out shows. Um, And I'm sure whenever season three comes out, she's going to sell that out as well. So um, I'm excited to see where Concrete Jungle goes, man. I feel like it's something that uh, we need now for her and the community. And um, it's going to be amazing to see where that ends up, bro. Exactly, 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 man. And shoot. But anyways, enough of the the concrete jungle. Let's get back to this virtual jungle that we're living in right now. And of course, (laughs) the leading topic for that is how you, yes, you can reach us. Educate Hustle can reach you with a variety of different means on social media. We're on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's one word, Educate Hustle. Do you post snaps, a little behind-the-scenes trinkets to let you know how we're doing throughout the week and, of course, get you inspired. We are also on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. Same deal, except this time we on the gram, y'all. 
photos, inspirational pictures, just things to get you hyped and motivated and let you know what episodes are dropping or just how you can get through your day with just a little of that educate hustle sway. Now, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we're also on Facebook. Please go and like our page. You can reach our page easily by putting in Educate a Hustle. That's two words, Educate a Hustle. You know you reached the right page because you'll see the logo that you all know and love. And I would be, I would be just dead wrong if I didn't stop this plugging right now just to give you guys some more plugging. Please, 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 if you have not already, if you're an iTunes Apple user, please, please, please rate and review our show. It's so easy. It should be a criminal or a crime, I should say, but it's not. It's free, but you not reviewing, that should be illegal. But anyway, that's, that's on a little personal <laughs> side note. All you have to do simply is go into the podcast section of iTunes and search Educate Hustle, two words, You'll see our show logo. Click on that logo and it'll say in purple, write a review. Click write a review. Log into your iTunes account. I know you got one because you're forced to get one at a startup. And then once you do that, just put the stars that you want to give us. I'm sure it's five, but if it's not, we understand. But, you know, definitely push a five. And just write a simple short review. It could be two words like it's lit or three words like it's lit dog. We don't really, you know, we're not going to to um, be the Nazi police when it comes to stuff like that. But what important thing is we want you guys to leave us a review because when you leave a review, our awareness goes up. When our awareness goes up, our guests go up. When the guests go up, the shows go up. And when the show goes up, the quality goes up. So help keep Educator Hustle banging on in this new year by leaving us a review and letting the people, and that means more than you, the people people, know just how good we are. Now, anyways, back to the original plugging. We are also on Twitter at Educator underscore Hustle. Once again, that is Educator underscore Hustle. There we do tweets, daily interactions, you know, just things to get you in the Educated Hustle mood. And of course, of course, of course, last but never least, if you feel like that we gave you a show, we really brought the heat and we really gave you that emotional feedback that you want to unload or maybe you just want to be a guest on a future episode or try to discuss some collabs or partnerships, you can email us at educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is educatehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And as always, bro, you got to lead us out, man. Lead us out. Man, people, it's 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 crazy. It's it's been a it's been a wild ride. Like we're already in the middle of February. Like it's ah, I can't even like process how that how we got here, but we're here. And I think the best thing is, you know, the new year still new. Keep on going. Keep on pushing. I know some of you probably sitting out there thinking the new year hasn't really changed. Everything's still status quo. You got to give it time. But most importantly, what are you doing? To make that time useful. Like if you know what they say, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting new results. I mean, that's not the little definition, but it always sounds good to say when you want to inspire people. You need to go out and do something different and be something different and become the change you want to see. It can't be your year if your year still comes down to you doing the same things you did last year. Because if last year wasn't your year doing it, how, how's this year going to be that year? Needless to say, go out there, do something, be great. Do a simple change. Honestly, it all can be really easy. Read a good book. Write a little story. Write a little blog. Just do something out your norm to get you comfortable. And then take that leap and use it to become something even bigger. We believe in you, Educate Us. So why not do yourself a favor and believe in yourself? And if you don't, hey, it's always next year, right? <laughs> and as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling. <laughs>